I am unashamed. What about you? So, today, Jace, you may not be aware of this, is the 100th episode of the Unashamed podcast. So, if we if we had uh, if we had applause, if we were like a radio show, we could put in some applause there. You know, it's always like TV shows or you know, radio or I guess podcast now. A hundred. When you hit a hundred, it's like there's some sort of achievement. You know, Why is that? I don't know. I felt like we should have had a cake or something, but it's just us and our black rifle coffee. Yeah, are you missing out on the party? Or I guess hmm. most people, if you hadn't done it after a hundred, you might well, you know, shut her down, go the house. So you're well, still there after a hundred. <laughs> well, you're still there. Maybe it's because wherever pe- there is people who live to a hundred. Well, you know, I remember when we did Duck Dynasty. I remember specifically when we got to the hundredth episode. Everybody, like all the crew and everybody, they were all. Well, they made a big deal. They made a huge deal. I was like, this is a hundred. But then episode. we did thirty more. Yeah, so one hundred thirty, right total. But somehow, in the old days on TV, that had something to do with if you hit a hundred. Like some kind of financial thing kicks in, something about a residual rights for the show. I, I don't know all the stuff about. Well, that. if I find something at least a hundred years old when I'm metal detecting, I'm happy. If I can identify that it's a hundred years old, I'm. But like you're that. still pretty excited, even if it's ninety six years old too. So I mean, yeah, but over a hundred. You know? So here's here's a couple of things I was thinking of. So so today we're airing. Uh, as as people are listening to this, if you go back a hundred days, well, this is interesting. You think about it, you think a oh, hundred days goes by, oh, you don't think too much about it. I, I'm so, kind of about a three day. Guy. Well, exactly. So so this is fascinating. So a hundred days ago, since we're celebrating our hundredth uh, podcast, it was February 29th, ninth, twenty twenty. So interestingly enough, mm-hmm. February 29th is a leap day, right? It only occurs once every four days. So I found that to be – Every four years, not four I mean days. every four years, that's right. I was to say. Well, that would be – you know, and you know, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Dad. Your oldest brother, who's gone on to be with the Lord, James Francis Robertson, yep. was born on February 29th. His birthday was a leap year. So he only celebrated every Every four four years. years. And so I just remember growing up, he would always say that, and he would always say, you know, so I'm only – and he would always deduct it back to how many years he had had a birthday. You know, so he was always one-fourth of whatever he actually was. That is kind of weird. It is. Think about if your birthday was that day. Of course, I was thinking about you should get married on that day because then you would only have an anniversary once every four years. you just offended all women. I know. Probably shouldn't have done that. Would would Missy go for that with the once every four years? Absolutely not. (laughs) So anyway, here's some things that happened, Jay. So you you don't remember because you can't remember three days ago. LSU was still playing basketball. They beat A&M on February the 29th, 100 days ago, and it solidified their – four seed in the SEC tournament. Do you remember that? You Which remember was that a season to nowhere. It was season to nowhere because as soon as they got in the SEC tournament, it got the whole well, thing. Once they disbanded the basketball, see, I forgot everything that happened because it really didn't. <laughs> it's like, but it really did. No, that's the didn't same. Happen. No, it happened. <laughs> now, there will be no record of that. It'll be the year they never played. They just quit playing basketball. So I'll tell you about this. See if you remember this. So, because we're into LSU sports, obviously. LSU baseball, Baylor beat LSU 6-4. to four. They played Texas, Baylor, and OU at, at Houston. The next day – Now, I remember that. I OU beats LSU. Listen to this, Dad. You probably weren't aware of this. 
So OU had a no hitter. The guy pitched oh, a no hitter. This is painful. To, I, this is a memory <laughs> that I've tried to forget, and now you're bringing this up again. So he no hits LSU. I think it's the, they said it's the first time they've ever been no hit. It's mm-hmm. on record. But look, here's what's more amazing: while he's no hitting LSU, the LSU pitcher pitches a one hitter. But the one hit was a home run. I think it was in the eighth, bottom of the and eighth. We lost. And we lost one to nothing. Why would you bring this up on our one? It, this was supposed to be a happy day. Okay, let me make it happen. So right okay. after that, LSU won five straight. Of course, then the season ended and it goes to nowhere. So yep. to your point. Here's another one, Dad. The, the World Health Organization on this day raised the global risk of coronavirus to very high. At the time, we had 23 cases in the first death. This is only 100 days ago. That's what I found fascinating was look at what's happened yeah. in 100 days. It it almost seems like another – like that was another year, like another decade. This all happened in 100 days. Stock market this day ended its Uh-oh. biggest drop in a week since 2008. You probably oh. knew about that, Jason. Oh, I was buying. <laughs> I was buying. Looking like a genius now, huh, Phil? Joe Biden won the Thank South Carolina you. primary on 100 days ago. They still had – remember primaries? Remember when people were talking about the presidential yeah. election? Remember when it was an election year? Wasn't aware. So – and I thought about it from a personal standpoint. Lisa and I are planning all our speaking trips, and Dad had a couple of speaking trips. And you know, it's funny. You just make all these plans. We're going to be going here, and we got our air flights, and we're going – and all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. It just ended. I mean, the whole thing just stopped. I've had – I don't know the exact day – when the word came down, but I wouldn't have been driving to town but once a week. But then that I shut that down. That was like, uh, I think that was uh, maybe early March. No, it was. I, yeah, it was. It you was. haven't seen civilization in three or four months. Three or four month, three it was, months. It was actually the week. It was right around the first few days of March because I had Lisa and I had spoken in Maryland. And I didn't realize at the time it would be the last time I would speak out until this last week. And uh, that was the first live stream at Weiss Ferry Road was that next Sunday. It was like March the 12th. So it shut down that week. Somebody said, well, boy, you just don't realize being shut down like that down there on the river by yourself, you and your woman, you don't realize how much you've missed, you know, a few family visits. If you could just go to town, you could see it. So what do you figure I've missed based on the news reports, what's going on in all the cities? I don't know whether it's going on in Monroe. I haven't been up there. No, Monroe's are they been, jumping around at Monroe too and running and hollering, looting, no, burning? None of that. We've, <coughs> in fact, the whole state of Louisiana. I heard the governor talking about it has been has behaved pretty well. There's been some protests, but everything's been peaceful. We're not burning neighborhoods and hurting people. I mean, I've been proud of our folks in our state. You know, they they've responded the right way. Um, yeah. So, Dad, a lot of people have experienced depression and things like that from being at home, but you don't seem depressed. You, you oh. seem to be upbeat. Yeah. <clears throat> Yesterday the menu was uh, <laughs> uh, ribeyes, yeah. ribeye steaks. Mm-hmm. We have jambalayas, ribeyes, crawfish, fried catfish. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're, you know, fine salads. Dan goes <laughs> – the women's guy has Dan going up there <laughs> because he's expendable. He goes up there. <laughs> The virus, he's he's like in his thirties. Oh, that doesn't bother young people. Go ahead on up there, Dan. So well, Dan he's keeps a, her in, he's a workout. Keeps her in groceries, too. so oh, that's, yeah. that's where it works. So Dan doesn't have to go to a gym. He is a workout fiend, but he kind of does his own. He's like ninja style. Yep. 
self workouts, right? That's it. He used to send me videos until I told him to stop doing it. That was just creepy. I, I, you know, don't don't send me your workout yeah. videos. Yep. I, I don't really care. I don't want to see you work out. Yeah. Somebody asked, and somebody sent this. So I'll go ahead and get you to tell because I just got this question from a viewer from Michigan a couple of weeks ago. I hadn't put it in the mix of questions, but. They were like, I don't, I'm not sure if I need to ask this. <laughs> that was the way they led him with the question. But why does your dad refer to Dan as Dan the eunuch? It's, oh, boy. It's real simple. He, oh, oh, we Dan, to go down Dan, this road. Dan has renounced marriage. <laughs> Therefore, biblically speaking, Matthew 19, you can I'll, read it. I'll read it. I, I think it's a great passage because through my life, I've had a lot of people sitting on the couch saying, my problem is I don't know what my problem is. Mm-hmm. And Jesus basically defined marriage yep. in Matthew 19 where he said, verse 4, haven't you read that at the beginning the Creator made the male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Yep. And then he makes this really profound statement, therefore what God has joined together let men not separate. They usually still say that today in weddings. That's where they got it from. Right. Well, then they asked a question. They said, well, why then did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce? That's the Pharisees who were trying to trap Jesus. Right? All right. And he's like, well, he let you do that because your hearts were hard. But it wasn't that way from the beginning. And then he goes on to say that if you divorce except for marital unfaithfulness and you know and marry a woman then you got another problem which right. is adultery and Correct. well then the disciples are sitting there saying well sounds like to me we it may be just better not to get married <laughs> well then he makes the statement which is where you came up with Dan the eunuch Jesus replied not everyone can accept this word but only those to whom it has been given, for some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Others were made that way by men, and others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. And so there was three categories there. And I've delved into each three. I mean, like that second one, I think that's can be physically. You tend to think physically they were made that way by men, you know, thinking castration. Right. But it, I think also it can be mentally, you know, where people are manipulated or, you know, they Possibly. have a tough situation. So, And I have some friends, a couple of them, that are sort There's of like the nothing first. wrong with anyone saying, I'm just going to stay single. Yeah, There's absolutely nothing well, wrong I, with it whatsoever. I would argue the greatest two spiritual minds that have ever walked planet Earth, the first being Jesus, second being the Apostle Paul, were both single and never married. So – you know, as much as by Jesus's definition, they were in fact eunuchs. That's right. And then and Paul, Paul it, said it's better, it's better not, not to, to marry. marry. Yeah. But he's like, can't control yourself. That's right. I knew why. What, what what's Laura, your famous line? I talked to Laura Trump the other day, and I said, Laura, just remember this: <laughs> people who marry. I'm quoting a Bible verse. People who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. And Laura said, you need to talk to Eric. (laughs) So, oh, Eric, oh, Eric, if you're out there somewhere, Eric, we need to sit down, son. Be good to your woman. You need to love her. So what a life we live. Be kind to her. Dad just drives it in. Oh, I was talking to Laura Trump. Don't cause her more trouble than it's worth. (laughs) And he quotes that. She smiled. She said something to the effect, is that it? I said, yeah, that's, that's a Bible verse. Most people who hear it, 
They're like, hmm, people to marry will Well, the time you trouble. quoted that at uh, Sadie's Sadie wedding, Christian, I felt a little uncomfortable, but I said, <laughs> well, he is quoting scripture, but it was kind of like what we're doing here. It's supposed to be happy times. So Sadie yeah. says, I asked Sadie about it, uh, her and Christian both, Dad, I don't think I've told you this. We were laughing about it that you quote that scripture. And Sadie said, oh, that's why I love Papa Phil so much. She said, we were kind of tense and like, and this was right at the beginning. They were having these sound issues. Remember the mic kept going yeah. in and out. And so everybody was like getting tense. And when you did that, she said, we just busted out laughing. And she said, and from then on, Chris and I both were relaxed for the rest of the wedding. You know, they were feeling the tension because this is a big soiree. Yeah. I think that was a nice way to say this was really awkward because the sound <laughs> was not working. But then when Papa Phil started speaking, it became so much more awkward that everybody forgot the sound not working. Al, if you look, if everybody looks at their own marriages, they say, we'll face many troubles. Mm. Uh, I would say, yeah. How many people have you sat down with, Al, and had counseling sessions? You're like, yeah, many troubles. Yeah, yeah, here's another one. Here's a." How many will it take before you say the Apostle Paul was right? Oh, it's, but it's, what y'all don't realize: being single is cheaper, <laughs> and you you won't have as much the possibility as much trouble as you would if you were married. It's just the reality of of, of marriage. But what y'all don't realize is uh, the key is work through them all. I, w- I was a virgin when I got married. I'm proud of that fact. I tell young people all across the world, you know. It, it's it's a good thing. It's, not, it's a good don't thing. don't listen to your friends, you know. But you know, I remember going through that process of saying, I read this passage that I just read, and I thought, do I just want to go single? I remember because you probably could pulled it off. Well, I, I yeah, you could have pulled I, it I had off. made it so far, and it's the you know people. I've had some interesting conversations because people are like, I mean, I just couldn't do that, but you don't realize you don't know what you're missing until you know what you're missing. And so, but I'm telling you, you know, it's just when I saw my wife, when she got in that car, because I was, I just, I was attracted, you know, to good looking women. And when my wife got in the car, I thought, nope, I'm going to have to marry this woman. (laughs) I mean, I'm just not going to be able. And I thought about the first Corinthians seven, but it did put me in the proper perspective of laying the speech out early. I'm like, I'm looking for a person to help me get to heaven. I want to unite in Jesus. Do you want to pursue that? I mean, that was the initial conversation I had with her. That was the first thing we talked Most about. Most of the time in America, that's not the that's not no. the, the uh, agenda that's that you start with. I, I'm guessing that. I may be wrong. No, I think you're right. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. So, um, obviously, economics have been a lot of discussion here lately with everything that's been going on, stock markets and coronavirus and everything else. It's kind of been an up and down uh, time. And so I know people are trying to kind of watch their coins, which is smart. Um, one of our sponsors is a, is a company called Patriot Mobile, um, which so they do cell phone. And um, – so they basically are offering some pretty good deals right now to check them out. And what I like about them is that they're very – they kind of share our values. They're a conservative group. Um, one of the things you don't have to worry about them doing that you do some of these bigger corporations is they only support the kind of people we like to. We, we don't like 
sending money to Planned Parenthood and some of these other organizations. So Patriot Mobile uh, is really good that way. So you know if you if you go with those guys, you're going to be supporting people that uh, love freedom and love America like we do. So here's what you do uh, to check them out. You can call them at 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, or you can go to patriotmobile.com slash fill. So you can get a customized family plan starting at just $25, which, man, that's that's pretty good for cell phone. So check them out. Um, you're going to get a free gift, an activation. You can keep your own cell phone. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil and see if these guys can hook you up with cell phone coverage. So in my case, unfortunately, I was like, you're talking about that. I was, I, I lost my virginity at 14 years old. I had a 16 year old girlfriend <clears throat> and, um, you know, so it, it sent me down a super bad path from yeah. 14 till I was 18. So when I, when I finally came to my senses, just like the prodigal son and came back home, you know, now I'm an, I'm brand new. I'm like, you know, so I, I knew I was like, I don't want to go down that road again. And so I just thought, you know, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give the the deal about just seeing if I could do it, you know, because I'd already been sexually active with her and other people. And so I remember like, so I was just avoiding any girls. And of course, there was old girlfriends. I was back in town. They're all, you know, they're hounding me. And uh, I'm just like trying to just keep my head down and go to school and work out here. And so I, I figured out, I just kind of battled it for a while. And I thought, no. I, I just don't have the get because I kept being drawn to it, you know, but I didn't want to get into the illicit anymore. I'm a new creation. So I'd made a vow to God that I wasn't going to have sex again until I got married. I was going to do it the right way. And so uh, it was interesting because I called Lisa. I had, she had, she and I had been sexually active a couple of years earlier, but I just thought, you know, I'd broken her heart, but she, I knew how crazy she was about me. I thought if I'm going to make them, I need to get, find somebody that would be committed to me in Christ and get married. Cause, and I was young. I was only 19 years old because I just thought I can't do it. I was like, you remember Paul said, if you burn with passion, you better get married. That's so I, I thought I need to get married because I can't, yeah. I, I'm not strong enough. So I called Lisa up and first thing I told her was like about my, my conversion, who I was, and we ain't doing any of that. And of course, then I gave her the line that dad gave me. He said, look, and if I'm not dating anybody, if you, if you can't be converted, then you're out, you know, which is. You know, think about looking back at it. That's not really the the lead in question because it it led, led to other problems. But so we yeah. got married and and we did it. It was it was difficult because of past you know problems. But we did it. We we didn't we didn't mess up until we got married. And it so, does create a foundation. You it know, does. I think the only I, I did everything right, and then in a moment of weakness, when her dad was like, "You are too young to get married," I quoted that verse. You know, and all heck broke loose. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute now. As many guys that's probably been pawing around on your daughter, you know what I mean? I have been a complete gentleman, and now you're saying, no. Wait. I was like, okay, preacher man, here's a verse. Better to marry than to burn with passion. And I could just see fire come out in his eyes. It now him, he was burning with well, passion. Now he was visualizing. He didn't want to give his daughter up. What was <laughs> fixed to happen to his poor daughter? And I was like, hey, Jason, I'm doing this I, God's I, Another way. factor was he, he found out, you know, where you lived, what you did for a living, and he's like, "Oh no, you got into a bunch of rednecks down on the river. Are you crazy, girl? Have you gone nuts? 
That's and, exactly what happened. Well, and that's kind of our. We have a little. What bit does of, he say now, Jays? Oh, he's happy. He comes in. <laughs> he comes in singing. You frying yeah. fish, and yeah. everybody's happy now. Yeah. I noticed. Takes, you know what I noticed? <laughs> I don't know if I can share this because I, I think they listen, but I guess it'll be all right. <laughs> I noticed the transition when my life got really better is when I we'd go out to eat and I would just pay for the meal. The whole meal. I don't care who's all there. You know, I'm like your oh. in-laws always appreciate that. Oh, he come over rubbing my shoulders. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you got a little massage with your meal and jokes. <laughs> We're back on the loaves and fish again. Oh, I, I agree with you. That's an interesting point because I hadn't thought about. I thought about the same thing before that for anybody for anything, life got easier. I can remember the first time I went to Europe, and nobody had any money. So we're all in yeah. Europe, but we're all broke. You know, like only two people with a credit card. So we're every check, we're trying to figure it to the penny and spread it. It was just miserable. And I thought, man, life is good when you can have just somebody in the group that can say, yeah, here, just give me that to me. And then we can get on about our life yeah. and, and do what we're but doing. But I think as a father-in-law, because he was so scared, rightfully so, about here I am. And now he's thinking, I mean, this guy's buying our dinner you know every time we go out i mean i'm like give me the check you know but i think he's like in a kind of a small silly way it's like yep well we've made it <laughs> it's, it's the transition right yeah uh yeah that's interesting so so we this is our 100th podcast uh and I, so i thought it was interesting dad i went back so 100 days is one thing but i went back and and did a little research to 100 years ago oh so we're going to make 100 days, a lot's changed, right? And here were just a few things, and so you guys can tell what you think about this. So in 1920, 100 years ago, here's some of what was going on. So the price, here's the price of things. A house in 1920 cost $3,500. Hmm. So, and that was probably a pretty nice house. That was just average price yeah. that was going on in America. So, so I don't know what the average house would be today, but it would obviously be what? Well, 35. At least 10 times. 35. I mean, 100 times that. We'll get you a tent <laughs> that you will take, and it'll last you probably two two trips. Yeah. And you'll have to buy another one. You're not going far with 3500 A car was 2000 bucks, which that was a new car, which I thought, you know, that was cars had just come out. Not too far, so you know that's a little bit higher than I anticipated. I thought that was kind of because you know, is. T- my my first two two vehicles that I had was under two thousand dollars. What I said, they were a thousand bucks. You could buy a C ten little Chevrolet, yeah, a pickup truck for two to two to twenty two hundred, twenty three hundred. Ga- gasoline was twenty five cents a gallon, twenty five cents a gallon. Well, in nineteen twenty, Dad, it was fifteen cents. Yep. So what were you talking about? So that was in the 50s is when it was in? Early 60s. Early 60s. Late which 50s. now gas is down to a dollar and a quarter here, which is yeah. kind of amazing. It's it amazing. Four fifty, not too So long. here was an interesting other fact with the idea about the, the price of cars and gas. So I thought this was interesting. The Ford Motor Company produced so much factory wood waste as they're building cars that they manufactured it into charcoal and they sold it under the name Ford Charcoal. So charcoal came about because of making cars, huh. which was really I interesting. Didn't know that. Yeah, and the company was later renamed Kingsford Charcoal. 
So Kingsford Charco started out Ford Charco, which was made because they were making cars. So I said to feed in all their stuff. I guess those Model Ts, they must have had some wood in them. I guess so. Or, or else they were using it to uh, fuel. I mean, like they're, you know, to make everything. All, of, uh, all of my grandparents and, uh, uh, and, and my own dad, I mean, they touted the, that, that Model T as the greatest thing of all. Muddy roads. Oh, I'm sure it was a thing, tank. You couldn't stick them. I mean, yeah. that. They were they had little the, thin tires on. All, all the roads were dirt, and they were still talking about the Model T. When I was a boy, I listened to them. Yeah, I was born in '46. You know, just right after. Now, what are these cars called? You know, I do something for fun. You know, I'm always. I just a flag comes up when these companies, who basically are anti-God in a lot of their, you know, the things they give their money to, and but they'll have products where they use godly principles to get you to buy it. I've, I've gone over those at nauseum, you know, but one, one day I Googled, you know how you have perishable goods? Well, I, I Googled imperishable goods. I just want to see if anything come up and they had a top 10, <laughs> the top 10 imperishable, indestructible goods. And one of them was some, uh, a Toyota truck. And I just remember it was over a hundred thousand dollars, and it was like it's indestructible, it's imperishable. It's the greatest vehicle. <laughs> I, I was own, like, for over a hundred thousand, one time, and I begged to differ. <laughs> <laughs> Not the hundred thousand dollar job, but it was just a Toyota. I just thought, yeah, I said, give me, let me get this right. Give me over a hundred thousand for this vehicle, and this thing will outlive me. Well, I'd like to put that to the redneck test. Let's let's take yeah. a let's take a break. So um, one of the things I look forward to, my wife is a, she gets so many packages at our house. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's insane. It, sometimes I pull up, Jason, it looks like a FedEx shipping center, you know, under my carport. Yeah. So every once, I don't ever get anything, but every once in a while, my favorite thing to find is my Black Rifle Coffee Club subscription package. I mean, I get excited about that because so inside will be some of my favorite Black Rifle coffee, uh, which we're drinking here on the Unashamed podcast. Yep. Uh, Murdered Out is our favorite because it's double dark, they call it, and it's uh, it's really tasty. But, if you, you know, they got coffee for all kinds. Black Rifle Coffee is a great veteran-owned uh, company. Uh, these guys are awesome. Uh, they love America, and uh, and we love their coffee. So I guess that you get enough foxholes, it's kind of like duck blinds. You figure out how to make some really strong coffee. Right? We're on a quest to find the greatest cup of coffee. That's right. Well, these ever. guys are the ones to make it for us. So, so we want to encourage you guys to wake up to America's coffee by going to blackriflecoffee.com slash feel. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Phil. If you enter the code Phil, you get 20% off your first order of any of their coffee products. They're all great, including the coffee club. And I finally got the concept. You drink a cup of coffee, and then you feel like you were shot out of a rifle. So here's another instrument. So utilities... You know, if you think about it, you sit down and you pay your utilities, it's pretty high, you know, for your lights, your fuel, whatever. So utilities in 2020, which would include fuel, light, and ice for your ice box. We've talked about that before. Yep. Back in those days, you didn't have a refrigerator. You had an ice box, so you had to buy your ice. Yep. $4 a month. That's what it basically costs to keep your utilities rolling in your house, 4 bucks a month. I remember when it was 7 or 8 bucks. Yeah. 
and I and now I have to say it's probably a, in my house. Of course, we got a big compound, but I mean, I'm probably paying I don't know thousand a month, a yeah, few whatever. hundred at least. Yeah, at least a few hundred. Most people are uh, insurance, presumably life insurance. It says here was a dollar a month for if you wanted life insurance. So dollar a month, dollar you get month. what you pay for. Twelve bucks a year. <laughs> <laughs> so I told, uh, I told your mama. I said. She said, are we ever going to get any insurance? I said, we'll get some. She said, well, when? I said, when we have more money, we know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> she said, really? I said, I said, I said, once you've got plenty of money, I said, why not? I said, you can buy every kind of insurance, reckless walking with intent to fall. I said, go ahead. Reckless walking with intent to fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a slogan for an insurance company. Don't tell yeah. them that. They'll have it. Uh, if you pay $15 a month, if you fall over while walking, Reckless we'll cover it. I don't, well, Maybe. I don't want to get on insurance companies. I, yeah. I, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, they just better be glad there's not more people like me out there. I'll, I'll tell, tell you, you this. Since we're being transparent on our 100th episode, the biggest <laughs> argument. It's like a counseling my, session. My time. wife has never raised her voice to me, but we've had a few disagreements. The biggest one we ever... They'll face many troubles in this life. <laughs> Go back to the... We're back to Paul's yeah. commentary. Look, the biggest So this argument, one's over what? The biggest argument we ever had was over life insurance. Because we were like you. Didn't have life insurance because I didn't have any money. And uh, I knew of no person who had insurance until I was out of college. Yeah. I, I knew no one who actually had life insurance, all these insurance. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody had so it. So we, we get a little money, and she's like, you know, I think you need to get some life insurance. And I was like, are you feeling okay? And she's like, no, on you. And I was like, well, what, do you want me to die? That's what started the argument, because I was like, well, why? I mean, I won't be here. I'm sure. Go marry somebody else. It'll be fine. She just blew a gasket like, what do you mean marry somebody else? You know, she didn't raise her voice, but I mean, she was just like, I was like, well, why are you bringing this up? I mean, it just, it was weird. I mean, okay, I get it. Let's give you some money, you know, when I'm dead. But I'm just, it was such a morbid thought. The fact that I wasn't jumping up and down about it, to me, should not have catered this response you i'm like i'll do it but i'm not gonna be excited about me dying and leaving you some money and you, you took it like johnny ringo when he saw noticed it was doc holiday yeah johnny you look like somebody just walked across your grave yeah i, I didn't like it because then i thought so let me get this right if i leave you some money and you go marry somebody else now y'all are just living it up on my money and i'm dead I'd rather now him, you're offended by that. I'm like I'd rather I don't him, like the concept. I didn't like. I was like I'd rather him get a job. And I said, now if we get older, I'll I'll be more open to this. But at this time, I was like 35 years old. I was like, what I've always thought is for? I've always thought there were a couple of guys in oh, a bar, and they were about half lit. And one of them told the other, you know what I think we can do, and I think these fools will go for it. We can tell people. If you will pay us every month, pay us a certain sum every month, we'll take care of you if something happens. He said, I think people are dumb enough to, to go for that. And they probably argued about it and took another drink. 
And said, well, let's see if we can pull it off. And made millions. And they made trillions. And all that, since we lost all our insurance salesmen on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. We all have insurance. Thanks for listening. Now I have it. Well, we got a little money. We all got some. So what do you think was the – I'll ask you both this. So what do you think the – a life expectancy was in 1920. In the male and female, there's only a year apart. I'm going with Psalms where it said uh, three score and ten, so I'm going to say 70 years old. 70 years old is what they said. We said that. In 1920. Oh, in 1920. I was saying the 70. Now, I say back then it was 60. Now it's like I'm 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 kind of getting where you're going. Because in the Wild West, they said it was like 40s. I'll say 60. Very good. The male, the female is fifty four point six, and the male fifty three point six. And I haven't looked at any oh, material. Which means that that dad and I would be dead, you know, yep. on average. And I'm fixed it. And now. you would be right there, ready for Missy to collect your insurance. Now I think it's seventy seven for female, no eighty for females, and seventy seven for males. I think now it's yeah. climbed on up. Well, boy, we've come a long way. So federal spending. Six point three billion. That's how much the federal government spent Woo! in nineteen twenty. <laughs> Chump change now. I mean, we just did what six trillion on the coronavirus. Uh, the first radios, um, radio stations uh, were coming out about this time. For early models of TVs were starting to come out. When did you get your first? So you listen on the radio. It was in up. the uh, uh, probably. I would say I was five, four or five. So I was about. 40, late Do you remember 40s. the first time you saw a TV? Like remember the on, first time. What, what were you watching? Did you watch a show? Or? Uh, for the first time, we all just sat there and there was just snow because <laughs> they didn't have the tower tied on to the guy. So the See, entire watch the neighborhood snow. were in rows and we're all sitting there. And oh every once in a while, somebody would say, I think I saw saw somebody. But it would just snow. We are. No wonder we're so weird. Who wouldn't go watch a screen with snow? Because we'd never heard of it. They said, you can see movies on this thing. I said, about what? And that's in the days of Roy Rogers, Gene Autry. No yeah. one ever, no one, there was never any blood spilled in any Western. Right. Every once in a while, they'd shoot the gun out of somebody's hand. Oh, yeah. But they would never actually shoot you where there's blood coming out of you. Oh, no. They'd just kind of, oh, and oh, fall yeah. over. Oh, you know, fall uh, off the I've seen those. I'm like, is it too much to throw some ketchup on that dude? Because he's like, oh, and then he gets the shot it's again. too violent. That's yeah, what yeah. kind of country we had Yeah. from then to now. And I've seen this take place. I am shocked on how far down we have come. Or we have well, gone. just showing stuff. Yeah, now they'll show anything. Oh, I'm talking you, about you country. can get on your black box and find anything you want. Yeah, in unfortunately, about way seven more, seconds, way more than no. You want I to. don't have a black box. That's <laughs> oh, why I, I don't want to hit a nerve. <laughs> That's <here>. why. <laughs> so let's take another break, and I got a couple more. So one of the things that's been interesting about the coronavirus, which may change everything from now on, is that people are working from home. Of course, Dad's been working from home, but you've been doing it for about, what, 50 years uh, working at home? Not a lot of Zoom conferences and stuff like that, but he's definitely working at home. Um, that That's a great concept, and I think it's going to be good going forward because I think corporations are figuring out they can people can work at home. You know, I think that's a good thing. Except if somebody steals the title to your home, then it may not turn out so good for you. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this, Dad, but uh, one of the worst cyber crimes that seems to be growing because of you know everything's on the internet now is home title theft. 
So basically, I mean, the FBI has been warning about it. They go in, your your legal title is online somewhere, they forge your signature, and then they take out loans against your property. And all of a sudden you look up one day and somebody's foreclosing on your house, and this has happened. I mean, look, wouldn't it be interesting? I mean, they're trying to prevent this because this is just awful. You know, somebody trying to steal your house Terrible. online. But wouldn't you, wouldn't, isn't there a part of you that would like, to see someone pull up in Phil's yard while he's in there taking a nap and wake him up and say, hey, this is my house. I would just like to see what would happen. I would hope we had cameras when that happened. It wouldn't be good. You see this thing right here? Well, you got to get on the mic. That y'all are so proud of. I'm not really proud they, of it. It's all I have to say about it. They steal your house through this thing. Your house is in there Miss K, day before yesterday, she's talking with the bank. You say, what happened? Somebody's using her credit card. Oh yeah, they yeah. let's do this thing. See right here. This, yeah. this caused the whole thing. You want riots and looting? You say <laughs> how'd they all get together and and gal come together under one head? Do this thing right here. Yeah, so I'm taking it. This is the a... ultimate walkie talkie. What I'm yeah. saying is this thing has created a lot of, a lot of problems, and these people, including stealing your house through this blooming thing. Yeah. I'm saying I'm one of the few people that do not have one. I'm not going down that road, ever. <laughs> okay. no so, that, so this commercial veered into an anti-cell phone. So Home Title Lock is our, is our sponsor, and they, they basically build a virtual barrier around your home's title. So if you want to check them out, go to hometitlelock.com. Register your address. Make sure you're not already a victim. Use the code Phil. You get 30 days free of protection to help you uh, through this process. So that's co- um, that's um, you know, that's hometitlelot.com. Use the code Phil and check them out for 30 free days. Phil, you should open up a business where when people who reach a certain age and they're tired of the black box, they can ship it down here and you can find destructive ways to like destroy them up. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, I literally shoot look them. at a cell phone and, and what I'm seeing in my mind is a five foot rattlesnake coiled yeah. up with his head <laughs> right the in the middle. Fangs dripping. Fangs with dripping with venom. venom. Yeah. And I'm looking at a cell phone. I am that afraid of him. Yeah, that's what, that's how I made it to be a virgin before I got married. Because I, whenever I'd had a woman who was loose, you know, a floozy, a floozy, yep. I would just visualize a rattlesnake, and I just got away. You know. Yep. Yep. So the American Professional Football Association was formed in 1920. Jim Thorpe, I remember Jim Thorpe was his, I mean, was the president. It had 14 teams in it. Yep. It later changed its name in 1922 to the National Football League. Hmm. So this start, football started 100 years ago, <clears throat> professional football. And then I, I know you're aware of this one, Dad. Jesse Langsdorf patented the first wrinkle-free necktie. No, I Nin- missed that one somewhere down the <laughs> line. Wait a here. I thought the necktie came from people in the dust. Store. I remember it said wrinkle-free, all-weather wrinkle-free. So I never well, saw my dad in the past, they all wrinkled with a the necktie on. Oh, so no, they made no neckties. We had no you know, neckties. Some, right. That just shows you that some things were awesome and some things. Because what, what, what are we doing now? What are people wearing ties? It's the most uncomfortable garment in the world. It's not logical <laughs> it, from any viewpoint. No, it's 
let's let's just get this thing where I can barely breathe. I'm almost choking myself, and then go out and have a good time, and then work at it all day. Like, yeah, these people. I look every time I see these people. I'm thinking, idiot, idiot. <laughs> but maybe because during the necktie period, and it's still holding in a lot of areas. During that period, people tended to be more. Uh, what's the word? More calm and more pleasant. Yeah, you know, there's something about. You know, they were spiffed up. You know, I'm not saying. Well, they were just lying, Phil. They were choking. <laughs> well, they weren't feeling. They weren't good. getting blood. What flow is to the their first breath? thing people do? They'll come at my house sometimes. We'll have guests or whatever, just have supper, and they have a you know have a suit on. First thing you do when they walk, they they I see them. They're they're pulling it down and un- unbuttoning that so, so they can breathe again. So that, yeah, they're they're because I'm so like stiff. why it's so stiff looking. I don't know why they do it. I don't either. I don't see how it caught on, and why are we still doing it? I don't know. Well, it's wrinkle free for hundred years. That's a good years. question. <clears throat> so I he, did not know that. So here's that. here's one I thought was amazing. Shipping children through parcel post service was initially legal in the U.S., but in 1920, the what? U.S. Post Office banned shipping children through the parcel post service. Shipping them in what? I, I guess a box. I don't know. I didn't know that. I never heard of anything like that. Well, you could ship crazy. your kids through the United States Post until 1920, and they banned it. That seemed like that would have been a good Maybe idea to a, ban that earlier. Maybe in a crate, like on a train or something. I don't know. That's just what it says. That's a fact. Well, that shows you right there. We we had some. We had a long way to go. So there were two uh, constitutional constitutional amendments that were passed in 1920. Do you know what? The, do you remember what they were? Uh, the women had the right to vote. Women's suffrage. Uh, yep. Women got the right to vote in 1920, which was amazing that it took that long for that to happen. I mean, the fact that they couldn't is just so that mind-boggling. It blows my mind. The other one was prohibition. Oh yeah, which yep. there was a constitutional amendment that no alcohol sales in America. Yep. Of course, that one went over like a thud. Yeah. So I had some facts and I can't find them now about what happened as a result of that. But alcoholism went up, sales went up, like everything they were yep. trying to, because the black market came in and took over. Well, that's where all the gangsters, you know, was moving oh, yeah. all the alcohol. And it was a bad idea. I mean, it was they probably did it with good motives, but it just it didn't work. So last one I'll give you is this one I thought was pretty interesting. Johnson & Johnson, which is still a corporation to this day, employed their stock. Earl Dixon used tape and cotton gauze to make a bandage for his wife. He told his bosses about it. They made him a VP, and they named his invention the what? I have no idea. The Band-Aid. Oh. So I mean, he just made one up for his wife. He worked for Johnson & Johnson. And think about how many – we still what, use them trillions today. of band-aids yeah. have been sold since then. We still yeah. use them today. And he I got to a be a band so it worked out well for everybody. Now, right? now that was a good invention. Yeah, still, and it's still just as good as it ever was. Now you got big ones, you got little ones. My grandson comes in. I need a little one for his little toe. Yeah. You got the little tiny ones. You got the big ones. So it's the point of this that no matter what happens in life, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's probably true. Thirteen eight, or it could be what old Jack Exum used to tell us. You remember the old preacher years ago when he came and things preached to us? change. Things change. You know that was one of the greatest pieces of advice we were talking about marriage earlier. That once I just realized that, because you know you think about when you're married, things change, and they're never going back to the way they were. That's right. When we had that first kid, that's it. 
it it's never it's now a whole new world yeah and it's just not going to be the same well you know if you're not ready for that i'm sure we got young people listening that you have to be ready for in that. fact it's one of the tenets of mine and lisa's marriage work we did it's the basis of our first book we called it a new season because the idea was is that you go through all these seasons in your life where things change. Mm-hmm. And so marriage and parenting is about adapting to the seasons. I mean, that, yeah. it's all about how you then adapt to that and pivot because you're right. It's not the same. And so if you're not ready for that, if you're not saying, okay, how do we biblically and how do we together as a, as a family go through these changes, if mm-hmm. you're not prepared, it'll be a disaster. It'll be a disaster. I see that with a lot because, you know, when you're 100% the center of attention as a newly married couple, when you have a kid, it's not a bad thing, but now you're no longer 100% of the attention. And what's it, amazing, you know, you know, y'all are my sons, four sons. Now you have your wives and your children, but you notice I'm not barging in, dictating policy. No, no, I'm, I'm, and y'all, one, y'all are and, grown. and one daughter now. And, and one daughter. daughter. And you say, <laughs> But you're not running around uh, monitoring the, your, your siblings, the, nope. their life job. Nope. That's it's way past that. Mm-hmm. Now it's like maybe from time to time, Dad, what do you think about? And I'm like, well, I wouldn't do that. And, or, and, uh, yep. and Jason and I are the same. A little advice and counsel, but that's <laughs> about it. Let's take one last break. And Jason and I are the same. Because we have married children now, and I don't dictate to us. And I live close to mine. You're not around yours day to day. But See, yeah, you know your relationship. Sex, oh, yeah. yeah. And look, I, I tell my grandkids, I'm like, they'll come to me sometimes. You're like, well, Dad dad won't let us do this. I said, then don't do it. Like, you listen to your dad. Like, I yeah. never want to superimpose whether I agree with what it's he's a, doing or not. It's a strange thing. It, but it, we're, we're, we're under the patriarchal matriarch system like the biblical system, so it is a little different maybe with us. And then, But there's a lot of them still And you know, like it's funny America. you said that, Dad, because there's like a – that's a uh, – what you just said, the word you just uttered, which is not a bad word, but that's – what do they call it now? Uh, not a buzzword, but a uh, trigger. That's a trigger word. Yeah. When In some circles in our culture, when you say the word patriarch – you just triggered somebody yeah. like to go into I don't know what happens when you get triggered, but like that's a terrible concept, a terrible yeah. idea. A patriarchal matriarch. Isn't that crazy? I mean, just the idea of a mom I and it's a dad. A good idea. It's a wonderful idea. It's a biblical uh, idea. But I'm telling you, I hear it all the time. It's like this patriarch. God's system. the one with the finger on that trigger, not them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm not, saying? Not really, but I <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I think what we read Matthew 19 oh, is classic. profound, and I think what we try to do on the podcast, I mean, if somebody, because, you know, people all the time, they ask me, they're like, well, what is y'all's podcast about? And I'm like, <laughs> hey, how, do you, how do you define that? The Jesus? Because <laughs> Jesus is always right. It's about but, life and immortality. Yeah. So listen to this. So this is one of our, our listeners, Lloyd, sent me this, uh, this just this past weekend. And I didn't know we were going to be talking so much about marriage on our 100th podcast. But he sent me this. He said, there's a growing trend in America. And I'd never heard of this before. Um, and he said, I'm speaking to all these young professional couples. I don't know what Lloyd does. And they're looking into this for tax purposes. Here's what it's called. It's called a wed lease. 
W-E-D-L-E-A-S-E, a wed, a wed lease. So you don't get married, you just get leased. You just lease the relationship. So so he looked it up and he sent me the definition. <laughs> so listen to this. So it, this this big idea came in 2013. So basically, you agree to marriage of a limited duration for a set period of time with renewal options. So it's like you go down and you lease a car instead of buying one, and you said, I may continue my lease at the end of X amount of years. So they're, so they're going to apply that to they're marriage. They're trying to get married without the till death do us part. Exactly. We don't want that. Because, and here's the reason why he said it, because divorce is so expensive. When they did not, think, <laughs> I mean, that's, it, when they did not think it worthwhile uh, to retain the knowledge of God, one of the things it says is, they invent ways of doing evil, and I haven't heard that either. I, I never heard you, that. Since you brought it up, I'm like, that's inventing a way of doing evil. <laughs> that's exactly Is right. Is that nonsense or Well, what? I just think it's, it's crazy. I think I'm not shocked by it because I think it's like I told you when I was did that mission trip in the Ukraine. Nobody was married, and I couldn't figure out why. And they said, well, it's higher taxes. And so I'm like, oh. Well, I guess answered that. I mean, they were just like being practical, saying we act like we're married, but if you sign the dotted line, we don't have any money. So they they don't they don't. It was like a government program, oh, yeah, you know, right, that right. you just. And Where I, Karl I, Marx is get ready for a, a hellish existence on planet Earth every time he shows up, <laughs> and he's behind all this crap we got going on now. But it also says that marriage is hard. I don't know what the divorce rate is now. I mean, it was fifty percent fairly recently. Similar, closer to sixty. Yeah, it's similar. It hadn't really gone up or down. But that it much. shows you quite a few things that it's just hard to get along. Like we said. And and to make it work, I mean, I don't see how people do do it without Jesus, because there's no foundation for forgiveness there, you know. But and and new starts and new beginnings. But, so <clears throat> we're almost out of time. But so the last one I, I wanted to do was funny. This is funny. This is uh, <clears throat> one of our listeners named Gordon, which I thought was ironic because we have a, a goofy uncle Gordon. Uh, he sent me this. He said, "Are you guys aware?" Of and I, and I listened to it before the podcast, and I've already forgotten how to pronounce it. It's a phobia. I think it's pronounced uh, anatodophobia. Anatodophobia. Never heard of it. Anatodophobia. It is the fear that somewhere, somehow, a duck is always watching you. Anatodophobia. Well, that's the craziest thing I've ever that heard. Some, there's a duck that's always watching you. That's a phobia. Do you do either one of you suffer from that? Well, no, you might ought to get some uh, medical advice to <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> what would that medical advice no, be? He needs some, I think, <laughs> Take two of these every four hours. <laughs> Loosen I, up, Gordon. I he just said it as that's all he said. I thought that's pretty funny. Well, I mean, I never what's amazing is if somebody, if that is a real word. Well, I looked it up. I had to find, <laughs> I had oh, to it know. is a real word? It is a real word, but it was originated from Gary Larson, who wrote a comic strip called The Far Side. So it's, it's oh. a, it's a funny, it's not an oh, actual phobia. I was thinking whatever the <laughs> So folk. maybe Gordon was telling us a joke we're supposed to laugh. Right. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. But instead, you guys had him. But in we're the duck nuttons. hunters. Yeah. So we're like, now we're watching them. They're not watching us. <laughs> but in well, my, but if they had a phobia, that would be it, because it's more. Because I have a gun, and I'm trying to eat them, shoot them, and eat them. Yeah. 
So whatever their phobia, because I think that probably has caught on in the duck world. Right. They're like, there's some bearded guys, and then the phobia. It's kind of like hearing the story. You know, my cousin flew down to Louisiana. Next thing you know, we never saw him again. Oh, there are and, ducks who know who we are. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> so whatever their phobia is, we need a we need a name for that. Yeah, pro- I believe that exists. Yeah, because they're- look, it's like I can read their minds. They cross the river, and then they're like, oh, no, there's that place. That's right. That's them. Do you think the beavers, when they meet, they're getting information to the ducks to work against us? Maybe they're all in it together. I think they're in cahoots together because every beaver dam's got four or five cotton mouths on it. They've done joined forces with them. Got to clean them out. Well, I saw this week. I guess we'll close with this. I saw this week that China, China, was about to send, I think the number is 100,000 ducks. These are pond ra- you know, farm-raised ducks to some country in Africa that the locusts are destroying their crops. So they're going to send 100,000 ducks there because ducks will eat, I think they said 300 locusts an hour. If you just turn a bunch of ducks loose on locusts. Really? So, yeah. So <clears throat> they're going to try to control the locust problem by sending a bunch of ducks there. So hey. I, I don't know what that means, but... Well, go. maybe that answered your question. And what is a duck good for besides eating. human consumption That's, or for I, I viewing, didn't know about that. Yeah. Eating locusts. Eating locusts. There eating you locusts. go. The ducks go again. Thank you for the 100th episode. So we're going to close out. I got some good news for you. Um, we have uh, Dad's book, Jesus Politics. We are announcing today, again, to our audience. <clears throat> you guys get all the best announcements first. Uh, Jesus and politics? No, it's just Jesus politics. Jesus politics. And it's really great because dad basically goes through and talks about Jesus principles and looks at some of the political stuff that's going on in our country today. What if, you know, what if Jesus was running things? So here's what we got to our unashamed audience because we're going to need you guys to help obviously support our book. Uh, Believe it or not, dad doesn't always get the most fair treatment from some of the people that rate books. And so, but we we know you guys are going to want to. We know you guys are going to want to read the book. So the first 2,000 people to pre-order, and again, nobody knows this but you, so you get an opportunity today. Uh, Jesus Politics, you can go and pre-order. You get a signed copy. So the first 2,000 of you to sign up, Dad's going to sign the book for you. There's a chance, and they'll, this will be a drawing, I guess, uh, for some of you to get a downloadable copy of the introduction and the first four chapters because obviously we've already written the book. So you get a little preview uh, if you advance and buy one now. And then they've got a, a family album with some pictures that we haven't released to other things that's also going to be available. So to find it, you go to Jesus Politics Book. That's all one thing, JesusPoliticsBook.com. And when you go there, it'll guide you to what you need to do to order a pre-order copy. So we're excited about that. It's gonna, it's a great book. It's a great follow-up to the theft of America. So, and I'm glad to get you guys. Um, I'm glad to let you guys know exactly what we're doing first. So, JesusPoliticsBook.com. Check it out. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook, and be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.